Hello and welcome to another episode of the Just Talking About Films podcast. My name is Ian Sarginson. And my name is Luke Taylor and it's great to be with you here to just talk about films and enjoy talking about films and uh, what we've seen this week. Um, we're going to have today, we're going to do a tribute to uh, Richard Donner, who uh, sadly passed away this week in the films of his life. And, uh, you know, we hope that uh, you enjoy just watching as we discuss um, what we enjoy talking about so much. Yeah, yeah, I think that's good. I think, yeah, it was one of the things that was in the news that he passed away and it would be good just to go through his filmography and uh, chat about the ones we've seen and, and what we think and pay tribute to him in our own yeah. little way. It's funny, I, I don't know if you I found this as well, I was just looking through his filmography when, you know, when the news came out and it's like, oh, I didn't know he made that, that was great film. Uh, I didn't know he made that and there was quite a few surprises for me on that. Yeah, and there's a few that I noticed that I haven't seen for a long while. So probably after this, because we talk about it, I'll probably go back and watch a few of them as well. Because I remember enjoying them. But And there's some that I haven't seen. And I'm sure we'll chat about them as well. Yeah, great. Well, let's start with uh, what we've watched this week. Uh, Ian, what have you watched this week? Yeah, I've been watching a few. I say um, mainly things that I've seen before, but there's a couple that I hadn't seen before. Um, so I started off by re-watching Gladiator. Um, yeah, um, just as you know, as I've talked about, I think every episode now that I'm on this, as part of my film watching, I'm on this journey to revisit films that I haven't watched for a while, some that I absolutely love to see if they, that I still love them, and some that I didn't like quite so much to see if I've changed my opinion on them. Gladiator was one that I loved. I think it's one of the most significant cinematic experiences I've had. So when I first watched it at the cinema, it was just it was just outstanding. It was all, you know, it was like the 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 CGI was excellent at the time, you know, and I really believed I was in Rome. Um yeah. and so I just loved it. It was just such a, an epic. Um and it was just yeah, it was one of the maybe top five cinematic experiences I think that I can really remember. Um so so yeah, I loved it. And, and again, watching it, it's something that it just hasn't lost any appeal for me every time I watch it. And I think this time helped because it's been maybe seven, eight, nine years since I last watched it. So I think that helped because I think on release, I, I must have watched it a lot of times in quite a short period of time. Um, so I love going back to that. Yeah, it was great. It was a great story. Um, I think I... A whole new appreciation, and I knew it was good anyway. But of the of the soundtrack this time, mm. some I've been playing played on repeat um, on Spotify and stuff this week. Yeah, I just I just loved everything about it. Russell Crowe, Joaquin Phoenix, just tremendous performances, superb casting. So it was just marvelous direction. I just yeah, it was just really really good. Yeah, it is a great film. It is great. I actually, I've got the Blu-ray of that, and uh, the uh, I bought it in a Blu-ray vending machine at a shopping centre. Mm. Uh, and I, to be honest with you, I only bought it because I really wanted to use the vending machine and see how it worked. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember thinking, this is the future. This is well, that was before streaming came along. But anyway, <laughs> but you uh, didn't you, Luke? Just before we move on, didn't you go to your own thirtieth birthday party dressed as Maximus? <laughs> I did, yeah. <laughs> okay, I just thought I'd, I'd mention that. If anybody out there's got any pictures, that would be great. 
<laughs> I've got one. I could put it on the Facebook or on the uh, the Twitter. Um, you know, as far as I was concerned, I looked exactly like him. Um, oh, no the doubt. reality is probably somewhat different. Oh, no doubt you're like a, a wish Maximus. Um, <laughs> Poundland Maximus, but... Yeah, I think but, I look more like a glutamus Maximus. <laughs> <laughs> well, friend of the pod, Matt, um, our friend Matt, said that it was overrated. He thinks Gladiator is overrated. I mean, it's overrated if you don't rate it very much. Do you know what I mean? It's outstanding. <laughs> it's a great film. That sequence with the um, still to this day, that with you know with the tigers that are out in the in the in the, uh, yeah. the arena, and uh, it's breathtaking. Absolutely breathtaking that sequence. Yeah, I just yeah, I just really enjoyed it. And and this time I watched. I don't know if you've seen it like a lot of the times when you watch an extended cut or a director's cut it doesn't make any difference maybe mm. we should talk about that one which i think kingdom of heaven is the one where it makes the most difference for me but yeah. uh, the extra 15 minutes in the extended cut of gladiator i think do make a difference i think it's not so long that it's like overly noticeable but i think it adds a bit more context to what's going on so i recommend if you do watch gladiator in the future try and get that it's on the blu-ray so yeah i enjoyed it um then I finally got to to watch A Quiet Place. So uh-huh. I'd, been waiting, I'd been waiting for my wife to watch it because she wanted to watch it with me. And there's, you know, there's a rule you don't watch things apart, but <laughs> I just got sick of waiting, so I watched it. So, so, so and what yeah, did you I think? I've been, I've been, I've been waiting to hear what you thought. Yeah, of this. I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. If anybody is listening or watching, you can read my reviews of stuff on Letterboxd, or you can. Go on my Instagram page, Sarji Reviews, with an underscore in the middle. But, yeah, so I liked it a lot. I think I liked all the little touches in it. I think there was a lot of attention to detail. I thought it looked really good. I didn't realise who the director was till afterwards. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was a surprise. But I thought, yeah, the little touches were good. The tension was was there. I think the idea of the um, the silence or the noise being a factor really adds an extra dimension to it in terms of the yeah. lack of sound, but also it just heightens the the sense of danger for me. It does. And mean? any sound suddenly yeah. becomes terrifying, doesn't it? Yeah, because I was I was like almost like I had to keep check or not I can speak. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, but you know what I mean? Because don't move. Um but yeah I thought everything that I imagine it set out to do, I think it did really well. It looked good. It wasn't too long. The tension was there. Say so the attention to detail of things that you would have to consider if you're in that situation. I just really, really liked it. I thought it was really good. There was a lot of, um, you know, it was there was a. Oh, I don't know if it was a nod, but there was certain aspects of the film that remind me of other things, like Alien. Even do you know what I mean? The different things and different, um, th- different films that have got a similar um, aspect. And but yeah, I just really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. Yeah, it's a great film. And I got to say, seeing it in the cinema, if you get the chance to see the mm. second one in the cinema, yeah, will do. the silence in the cinema. <laughs> I mean, people stop eating their popcorn. <laughs> you know, it's just everybody becomes very aware of every single sound they make. And uh, it's great. It's really great. Yeah, the scene with the in the bathtub, that was like, oof. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because it was like all of the factors into that. How would you keep quiet? It's traumatic, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think the only thing that I would say against it is when there's a bit that comes where they 
can start to push back a little bit or they've got an idea of how to defeat this. Mm-hmm. I would have thought that would have been obvious a bit earlier on. Yeah, yeah, I guess that with the, yeah, because she, she has that whole thing that happened quite yeah. a few times during the film. I think it just takes a while for her totally twig that, that makes it yeah. vulnerable, but yeah. But, but even before that, I'm saying for me, if you know that there's something and it's got ultra hypersensitive hearing, then, and you know, there's there's some clues there. Yeah, you have to, I guess Dominic you have to suspend a little disbelief in that. Yeah. yeah, don't want to go too much further because of spoilers, but I, if anyone hasn't seen it, but I thought it was great. Um, so, yeah, I'd be interested to know what other people think. Um, so, yeah, it was good, but I say, surprised that, that about the director when I, afterwards. Um, yeah, it's thought, like, with that, it's like John Krasinski just arrives yeah. as a director now. It's yeah. like, he is now a director worth following the career of. yeah. It, it was just very impressive to 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 see that. I'm thinking, wow, he's done a great job. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, and in somehow, and this is what I said in my review online. Somehow, it manages to make a post-apocalyptic, you know, world seem quite not appealing. But <laughs> it captures the beauty of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I get that. On, yeah, where they're living and all of the beautiful landscapes and the sunsets and then the, the light and the, the 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 beacons and stuff. It just, it, it just. I thought it was done really well. Um, then I watched Book of Eli for the online one of the online film clubs I do. But you were, are in that film club, so you also watched it. So we'll talk about that afterwards. Um, and another, another film that I watched that I know you watched as well is The Tomorrow War. Yeah. Um, yeah. On Amazon Prime, one of their, their latest releases. Um, so, I mean, I don't know about you, I I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, I, I don't understand the negativity around it. I mean, the critics have been mean to it. A lot of people who've seen it have been mean. I, I wonder whether there's some kickback against people who just don't like Chris Pratt. Um, hmm. And, and then some say, you know, it's like, well, I'd rather see him be funny, but you've got to allow an actor to have some diversity. Yeah, of course. And I think um, it's, it's the similarities, I think, with A Quiet Place in, in you know, a similar premise to a degree. But I like the concept of it. I like the concept because it would have been easy for it to overcomplicate things yeah. a la my favourite talking piece, Tenet. It would have been... You know, easy to to then go start with all of this thing on this complicated, um, but I thought it was well done. I thought it was a great idea. I thought it looked good. I thought the acting was solid. I got on to what was going to happen, you know, due to some of the clues when he went to war, um, and I liked that. I think the criticism I would have is probably twenty minutes too long. Yes. There yeah. was a na- there was it a needed where- that third act, but it, yeah. if it, it snipped everything before it just a touch, it wouldn't have been so yeah. bad. Because there's a bit at the end of the second act where you think, oh, it feels like a natural end to the film, but it couldn't yeah. be because that's has to be a resolution. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I thought it was well done. I, I mean, out of the stuff that we've talked about before, whether it's Netflix or Amazon and stuff, whether they produce their own films, this is one of the better ones for, for, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it was originally going to be a cinema release. I think it got bought. Was it? Um, yeah, it got bought because of the pandemic. It just hasn't come out. So Amazon have, have bought it. But at the same time, you know, it's uh, it's. I think it's so above the quality you you expect from 
um, from streaming. I thought yeah. I was watching it, thinking, you know, I, I, first of all, I don't understand the negativity, but second of all, if this had been made in the nineties, yeah. it would have made a bomb. Yeah, we'd have all come out of it absolutely buzzing. Maybe we're too critical nowadays. If this had come out in the nineties, I, I think it would have been much more highly regarded. Yeah, I mean, is it Amazon original, isn't it? Yeah, the, yeah. So I thought it was certainly one of the better ones of that, and I think there was nods to other films in it. Do you know what I mean? There was a bit of Independence Day. There was a bit of um, let's say all the other films are similar things. I liked. There was a lot going on, but I thought it worked really well. Yeah, so I, I was pleased with it. I mean, it, the at the start it's not of breaking it, any new ground, but that, that doesn't matter. At the start of it, they're watching the World Cup on television. Oh, that did you have the same problem I had with that? What's that? <laughs> the fact that there's a shot of them, he's going towards goal, and it looks like a like a the camera's running behind him. He's like, there's no cameraman there. You'd never yeah. let a cameraman on the pitch. And that spider cam does not go that low. <laughs> no, my, that wasn't my issue. My issue was so much that um, they just looked rubbish when they were trying to play. <laughs> yeah. so, so, and then... And the fact that, and this is not really a spoiler, the fact that they'd invited people around their house for a party and they were bothered about watching the football. <laughs> you know, it's like, she wants yeah, to watch the football. If it was an English party, you, maybe. They're not Americans. He just ignored everyone in his own party. <laughs> um, but I thought J.K. Simmons was good and I would have liked more of him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what we uh, got of him was good. And I understand why there wasn't more of him, but he was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, it fits in the story, but... I just always want more J.K. Simmons. What did somebody call him at some point? Conspiracy theory Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so it was good. It was feel good. It was entertaining. It wasn't too predictable, although there was certainly predictable aspects. The acting was solid, looked good. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. Um, then for the other film club I run on Zoom, we watched Jurassic Park. Um and again, like Gladiator, one of the most memorable cinematic experiences of my life. Yeah. Um, and again, a long time since I've seen this one, really, really enjoyed it. It was one of the ones that, going back to what we talked about the other week, that it's one of those that I wish I could erase my memory and watch it again in a cinema. Yeah. Because other films like Gladiator, I enjoy it as mu- almost as much every time. Not quite as much, but there's a bigger gap between that first experience of Jurassic Park and any subsequent experience of it Hmm. just because there's so much was key to not knowing what was going to happen. Yeah. Um, But still all the aspects of it that are well celebrated, you know, Sam Neill, Jeff Goldblum, you know, all of the the visuals, um, the idea, the concept, the way that it's all, that it's set in a theme park that we can all relate to. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. Um, and then this morning, just before we're filming this, I watched The Sandlot. So all right. a great film that I loved. It's, it's, it's a, you know, a good coming-of-age film about friendship and... Sandlot? You know, yeah. Oh, right. I thought you said Sandblock. I was thinking it was something oh, else. <laughs> you've seen The Sandlot, right? I think so, yeah. A long time ago. Yeah, Don't so I, I watched it a long time ago. I remember enjoying it. It was one of those easy-watching things. Um, but I just wanted something feel good, something easy watching. But I remember I used to enjoy it, but this time I think it's, yeah, it not meant more, but I watched it again on a different level. So it was mm. almost the same level as 
I watched Stand By Me. Now, it's a similar type of film in terms of a group of friends and then looking at their eyes through the childhood as a narration to it. It's about the adventures they have and somehow the childlike things are blown out of proportion, some of the myths that they have, um, and then about how life goes on beyond that. And I never watched it that way before. I just always seen it as a film about baseball that was quite good. But, yeah, there's a depth to it that I recognise this time. Still funny, still um, memorable bits in it, but it really, really enjoyed it. I think, I don't know if it doesn't, a lot of my American friends love it. It's like a staple thing over there. Mm. I don't think it's had as much attention over here, but I think it's a really, really good film. So it's quite old, but yeah. So that's what I've been watching this week. Um, let me know if you've watched any of them, if you've got any opinions on them, if you want to know where to find them, just get in touch, let us know what you think. So what about you, Luke? Um, I've had a good week this week. Obviously, there's those ones we've already mentioned. Um, yeah. But uh started this week with uh, Shanghai Noon. Shanghai Noon. Shanghai Noon. Because I was on a Western kick and... I think I watched it. I watched a YouTube video with um, somebody breaking down stunts uh, of Jackie Chan. Yeah, and it was from not from Shanghai. It was from Shanghai Nights, and saying you know even though his American output isn't as good, um, he never phones it in. You can't phone it in and do stunts no. like that. You just can't. Um, so I, I thought, you know what? I haven't seen that in absolutely <laughs> ages. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a try and see. And uh, you know what? I had a good time. <laughs> I can't say it was a good film, um, but I had a good time. And uh, him and Owen Wilson play well off each other. The only trouble is, I think there's no straight man in it. You know, they're both no. being comedian. Mm-hmm. Um, Jackie Chan, I think, is doing like a little bit of Charlie Chaplin's Tramp, you know, that, that kind of physical comedy and Owen Wilson's doing yeah. the, you know, more the vocal comedy in it. And you don't feel like either one's the straight man, but I, I had fun. I mean, you know, there's some great bits. There's some great um, uh, sequences that are put together in it. And yeah, it was fun. It, it's, you know, <laughs> it's instantly forgettable, but I had a good time. Yeah, I think it's a long time since I've seen it. And all I can remember in my head is the front cover of the DVD. <laughs> yes. It might be, you know, like, not the DVD, you know, like when you look on Netflix and stuff and you, it shows you, uh, that's all I can remember, but I know that I've watched it. Yeah, it's one, it, 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 Shanghai Noon, you think, Somebody came up with the title before they ever came up with the plot. <laughs> and they put more thought maybe into the title than the plot. But, you know, it was fun. It was fun. And then um, we went to the cinema, um, which was nice to get out to the cinema again and watched Freaky. Yeah, I saw that. Is that the Vince Vaughn one? Vince Vaughn, um, which apparently it was originally titled Freaky Friday the 13th. Yeah, I imagine they got in a bit of trouble for that. Yeah, they? That, I think yeah, you can't you can't keep that title. But that's essentially the idea. Imagine. So what if, do you think? Because I saw it and just rolled my eyes. I rolled my eyes hard. It was a huge amount of fun. Yeah. It was. Um, it's. I, I, I know. I'm not keen on horror, and I'm not necessarily keen on the slasher film. But it is quite. It's. It. It, it is quite gory at times um but it plays the the humor angle so well um basically the, the rough plot is imagine um if there's a concept I mean, maybe this is the pitch sort of thing imagine if in halloween mike myers used a um some ancient um mexican knife that he'd found somewhere just before he's about to get jamie lee curtis to swap bodies mm. and they've got 24 hours to swap back 
or you're stuck that way. And of course, so it means Vince Vaughn spends the majority of the film, he starts off as this sort of unspeaking, you know, stalker, serial killer kind yeah. of thing, and spends the rest of the film as a teenage girl. Yeah, I mean, um, I thought the concept was was interesting. Do you know what I mean? I watched it, I thought, that's a good idea. Fr- Freaky Friday and Friday the 13th, mixing them together, you know what I mean? Slash your film. There's got to be there's gotta be a comedic as- aspect. Easy wins for, you know, a, a, a slasher serial killer to be actually inhabited by a 16-year-old girl prom queen. So I get that, but I just thought, oh. What was very funny is, of course, when he finds himself in her body, he's got this opportunity because he's in school and he gets the opportunity. Yeah. But also he's in the body of a teenage girl who's not very strong. Right, yeah. <laughs> so it's, uh, I, I, I had a good time. I mean, um you know, it, I, I don't think it's, it's, it's uh, you know, it, it, I laughed a lot. Uh, I winced a lot. Or, or what more do you want? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's one of those that if Cineworld ever decide to open a cinema near me, <laughs> if you're watching Cineworld, then that'd be good. If they did, then I would definitely go, do you know what I mean? But it's one of them ones where I'm going, am I going to pay for this? Do you know what I mean? Obviously, you do pay for it, but, you know, yeah. if you've got unlimited, you go unlimited times. And we're yeah. going to actively choose to go. And that has shaped since moving away from an area where I was at Cineworld to it. That has shaped my cinema experiences. Yes. Um, I'm just more selective about what I go to cinema and see. Oh, I'm not. <laughs> oh, no, that's because you can go anytime. So when I used to go to Durham, when I was in Durham, I used to go all the time. It was like, yeah, I'll, I'll go watch anything. But now it's like. Yeah. But yeah, it was, it was, it's, it's, it's fun. I want to catch maybe when it comes on the stream and no on T on Sky or something, but yeah, I had, a, I had a good time. I had a good time. It's predictable. I mean, you know exactly what's going to happen and where it's yeah. going to go. Um, but uh, yeah, it was fun. Um, then did the tomorrow war, which we've, which we've, we've hit on. And then I don't know why I watched this, but you know, when something pops up on Sky and you're like, I don't say, oh, no, it was on prime. I think it was on prime. Maybe it was recommended because sometimes those recommendations are a little uh, a little strange. Um, but I watched Last Action Hero. Yeah, someone mentioned it. Was it someone mentioned it on Twitter the other week? And you said I haven't watched that for ages. Yeah, I think it might have been John was saying that. Yes, that, that was it. Yeah, he was going to pick it as his yeah, uh, he, second. He, in hindsight, he would have picked that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know what? I hadn't. I don't think I'd seen it since it originally came out. I mean, a lot. I mean, when I saw it, I was disappointed. I was like, "Well, what's you know that was rubbish." Um, actually, I think its humor was just way ahead of its time. Um, it's much more that meta humor that you get today. And actually, if it had been made today, it might have been received better. But I, I had a good time. It's you know, it was it was all right. <laughs> um. I, it was, you know, past. It was entertaining enough. Um, the idea of Arnold Schwarzenegger's life being saved by one of his characters was was it was fun. Mm. Um, and it plays into, yeah, I, I, had, I had fun. It plays into all those tropes of action films that probably aren't tropes for action films anymore. So it, it dates itself in a bit that way. Yeah, that'd be a good thing to do because Arnie's made a lot of films. Mm. I mean, and. There's a couple that I think would be in everybody's top five, most people's top three. But then it'd be interesting to see what the others were. Do you know what I mean? Because, I mean, if he's watching, then I'm, I hope he doesn't take this. But he, but he, he wasn't the greatest actor. No. no. Um, he got better, um, granted. But 
Um, when you consider he's learned, he starts acting and learns it as he's going on and yeah. to speak English at the same time. Yeah, it's yeah. quite an achievement. <laughs> so, I mean, I think I'll be good for a future weeks because, yeah, I've got in my head my two top, um, probably my top three are sorted, actually. So we'd have to go a bit further to see the more debatable ones. But yeah, that'd be interesting. So I'm sorry, hijacking that. Carry on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was, that was fun. And based on your recommendation, was it last week you recommended The Quick and the Dead? Yeah, I watched it last week. Um, so I watched it this week and uh, yes, I had a good time with that. That was, uh, I love Sam Raimi's uh, camera work. Yeah, he, he just puts good. this energy into his cameras um, that, you know, he's not lazy as a filmmaker. You know, he really goes all out. Um it was it was fun. It it takes all the cliches. It works with them. Yeah, uh, but that's what I was saying. It was almost like a tribute to the classic westerns. You know, when just about to duel, then it goes to the eyes, to the eyes, to the yeah. eyes, zooms in, zooms but, in. But his camera sort of just flies in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I like that, and I say I thought the, the cast, the cast, this is a strong cast. That not even just the main yeah. four. No, everybody. All in cast. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's some quality actors there, there um, is. and that's what I was saying. I think. It plays into that middle ground of family entertainment, quite humorous. But I think I put on Instagram that if it went, if it wanted to be more sinister, like a darker Western, you know, more adult, if you like, Western, I think there's a good, there's a good story there. It's simple, but it's good. Yeah. So. Yeah, it is. It's, it's very simple. And I thought Leonardo DiCaprio, boy, he looked young, but he was yeah, really he good. Playing yeah. this cocky kid who yeah. doesn't realise how serious all it, it all is until well until too late. Yeah, yeah. Um, very well played. Um, I thought Sharon Stone was good. Yeah, uh, I thought I thought she was she was excellent in it, and that was probably just after or even still in the peak of her powers. Hmm. You know, she was, I think, it was two or three years after Basic Instinct, so she was well sought after. So um, I don't think the film's got as much recognition. You know, beyond now, it's, it's. I think it's one that you, if it would be easy forgettable if you didn't know it. Yeah. But I think, yeah, I thought I thought she was great, and I thought it worked well. Do you know what I mean? Because it can be a bit tricky with a western, and then you know, a strong female lead in a western. But I thought she did really, really well. Yeah, yeah, it was it was good. It's a good film. I'm glad I watched it. I'd never seen it before, so yeah. I was glad I watched it. I thought Hackman stole the show, though. Oh yeah, he's he was great, and he, I mean that is just excellent bad guy, and he it's does he Herod. makes an excellent bad guy. Yeah, called Herod. <laughs> <laughs> um, so enjoyed that, and then of course um, the news came out about Richard Donner uh, dying, which we'll, we'll discuss these in a bit, I guess. But I, I watched Sixteen Blocks because I was going through his filmography and saying, "Yeah, I've never seen that one." Is is you know that was his last film, I think. So I thought I'll do Sixteen Blocks, and then I did Lethal Weapon as well. Mm. And then in the middle, I threw in Drop Dead Gorgeous. Okay. Which is that mockumentary about beauty queens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is a a weird film. <laughs> I, I, I've not seen that in a long time. And I was just watching one. There's no way this film would get made today. No way. Well, I don't know if I've ever seen it. I remember the, the fuss about it when it came out, but I don't think I ever got around to it. It was, I think it was on Prime or something like that. I watched it, but it is. It is so strange. Um, I, yeah, I, I can't describe it any other way than that, that. That It's weird, and I can't imagine it ever getting made today, and I don't know how it got made then. Mm. Um, but, hey, it was. It, I, I laughed plenty of times. <laughs> you know, what more do you want from a comedy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
Um, so that's been my week. But then we both watched The Book of Eli. Yes. Um, and at the time, we had different opinions. So, my, well, our friend Ollie shared his opinions, which are identical to mine, but he shared them before me. And everybody else who was there was going, I didn't realise that. Or he was quite convincing in his thing, which is the way I saw it. Not to say we were right, but um, yeah. So I really, really enjoyed it. And you thought it was okay. Yeah, I think some of it is, when you're watching a film you've seen before and maybe you remember differently than it was. Yeah. But some of it's down to the mood you're in as you're watching it. Yeah. Um, And if you aren't in the mood... um. Sometimes a film, you know, can just not hit you the way the way maybe you were expecting it to. And I think my, maybe that was part of it. I just wasn't in the mood for it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to say I, I loved it, I liked all of the, um, what wasn't said really, the, you know, about the different views of the power of the book, whether it is just about the power of it being able to corrupt in the wrong hands and power of it being able to do good and encourage and lift up and, you know, like um, sharper than a double-edged sword and all of that. And I like that. The twist in it's good. This post-apocalyptic feel was good. There was, yeah, there's a lot to it. I just really, really liked it. Hmm. I mean, I took against the colour grading on it quite a lot. Yeah, you did. But I think maybe it's because I'm watching DVD quality on a bigger TV than I used to have when I originally had it. Maybe. And maybe, you know, the, the quality suffers, doesn't it? And And maybe... Maybe that's part of it. Um, I think maybe I just wasn't in the mood for it. Yeah, and that's an interesting point, actually, because just before we go on to Richard Donner stuff, I wanted to, well, not wanted to, but I watched a film this morning. I say I watched The Sandlot mm. because I wanted something to make me feel good. I wanted something familiar to a degree. I wanted something that I knew was going to be positive because, I don't, I don't know which is which, but sometimes, as you say, it's about mood. And I watch a lot of serious films or sometimes, you know, there's sinister elements to it, whether it's a true story or not, or it's dramatic or there's action. There's usually in, you know, majority of the films I watch, I say, was an element of danger and tension. Um, And I don't know if that affects my mood or if my mood makes me choose what to watch. But today I just want to watch something light and make me smile. Hmm. Um, and I think what, I guess the question is, and question for anybody listening or watching, um, what films do you watch that you know that will just lighten your mood? That's a good, yeah, good question. That's a good question. Maybe one we'll we can explore it week. more maybe in a future episode, but is there anything yeah. that come to mind now? Because hmm. one of mine is a Richard Donner film, which we've talked about before, so you'll be able to guess it. The Omen. No, 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 it's not no, The Goonies. <laughs> yeah, The Goonies. I yeah. know that that will make me feel good. I know that Back to the Future will make me smile. The Sandlot, um, Stand By Me to a degree, but it's a bit darker. But, um, yeah, there's lots of films I, I just know. Wonder is another one I know will make me feel good. Coach Carter will mm. just... Um, there's one called Invincible by Disney. So there's just loads of... Films that just do me good and I know they're going to cheer me up. I just realised there's another film that I've watched this week that I completely forgot to mention, and that was Room, which is the opposite of that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's a film that makes me feel bad. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, films that may... The Commitments is always one. always puts me in a good mood. Yeah, yeah. 
no matter what it's just the music and, and i think songs with with music really sort of do that for me um baby driver in songs a way always music. puts me in a good mood songs with music or films with music films with music in it yeah. you know like um not that I, not musicals per se although sometimes yeah. that little shop of horrors always puts me in a good mood yeah um yeah so there's i think it's got to be a life film or a, a real life affirming film, but not in the sort of room where, where you feel like your heart's being pulled out first and then put back in. <laughs> yeah. And there are, as we talked about about last week, there's difficult films that you don't want to watch again because they're so, so difficult. I mean, in the um, film club that I've got coming up, one of them, the, the next film we're watching is Hurt Locker. And I was talking to someone about it. Mm. And that's a film that it's just so tense. Mm. It's just, you know, it's just so tense. And there's, a, you know, an element to, of trauma to it. You know, it's easy, not easy, but it requires you, I think, to place yourself in that situation. Mm. And then that does change your mood. It, not totally, but it would be like you can't help but feel some of that tension. Mm. So I think it's an important thing. And maybe we can think about it some more and come back to it on yeah. another episode. But I think... Yeah, there's not often, but there's sometimes where I just go, I just want something lighter. Yeah, you do, don't you? Sometimes you want something that's going to put you in a good mood. Yeah. Yeah. Usually and I think a lot of comedies do that. Yeah, I think um, Talladega Nights does that for me. <laughs> Anchorman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, make, it just makes me laugh. Do you know how many films <laughs> that are just silly or that are just feel good? A lot of Disney films do that, whether it's the Mighty Ducks or, or whatever there's usually an element of feel good to them. Yeah. Unless, yeah, so, unless it's Bambi. Um, <laughs> very good. Great. Well, that's so that's what we've watched this week. Um, yeah. And our topic this week is, of course, Richard Donner's films, um, mm. with him sadly passing away this week. But, hey, he, he reached a good old age, so, you know. Um, and, and you look at his filmography, he must have been working well in, I mean, as old, you know, towards the end of some of those films, he, he worked well into his old age. Yeah, he was mid seventies by by the time he made his last film. I think wasn't he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, what was it? Two thousand and four? Was it? Two thousand six. So that's. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So anyway, I thought it'd be good if we just go through his films um, and briefly touch on each one if if we've seen it, whether whether it means anything yeah, to yeah. us. I was going to try and compile a list, but actually it, it, I don't think I could do a top five because there's more than five that I really like. Right. Uh, his first film that really, I think, was a film of significance was The Omen. Yeah, um, and I must admit, as famous as it is, it's one that I've never seen. No, I, I think I saw it once long, long, long time ago, and I don't really remember much about it other than it's about, you know, the, the child, is an, the Antichrist as a child. Um, and I remember being picked, not picked on, but teased at school um, because he has 666 on his head somewhere underneath his hair. All right. And I've got a, a birthmark at the back and people used to call me Damien as a kid. Um, All right. And I didn't, but I hadn't seen it and I had no idea what they were talking about. <laughs> right. I think I, my references to it, I think come from Only Fools and Horses. Yes. <laughs> well, Del has a child called Damien, and every time Rodney talks about the music comes on, <laughs> he, he makes references to it. Because I'd never seen it, because it was one of them things, I think, just at the age where I was, the older kids that were watching it, and it was like 
one of them films when I mention it and talk about how scary it is that I thought, well, I don't want to watch that. It was the older kids and the dangerous kids. Yeah. <laughs> and then when it got a bit further on with horror, it was like, oh, Nightmare on Elm Street is scary and they sing the, the song and stuff. And I, and I watched it, I thought, well, this is nothing. Mm. You know what I mean? Not, it was just like, it's nonsense. You know, I was so scared of that as a kid, I've still never seen it. What, Nightmare on Elm Street? Yeah, never seen it. I just, I the idea it. of it. I, I, people used to describe it to me when I was a kid and I was so scared by the description, I'd have nightmares. I've never seen yeah. it. Well, that's what I was like, but I don't know if I was asleep or I watched it one of them, and what people had described to me was far scarier than what was seen on the screen. <laughs> what was seen on the screen was stupid. Yeah. I mean, it was there was an element of danger and, yeah, a, you know, um, a dark, sinister element to it. But, yeah, something, it was just a bit like... But it was back then, do you know what I mean? The, I haven't seen it since, but... Um, the effects, I guess, were more realistic. But it was more, you know, the thing like when we were at school, and this has gone off on a tangent, but it was like if you look, not quite the Beetlejuice thing, but if you look in the mirror and think it was, say, a word three times or something, in our school it was the black nun appears, right? (laughs) And it was that kind of thing. Kids would sing the rhyme from Nightmare on Elm Street and different things. And as an urban myth, it was much worse than the experience itself and it was the same with the omen but i never ever watched the omen yeah I've, or the exorcist i never watched that either I, no i've never seen and, and again not i don't really remember anything about the omen. i remember watching it maybe as a teenager don't remember much about it so anyway that's that's but well, that's that's what broke him uh, and then he got given the role of directing superman the first superman mm. film and that one of course is a huge film, not just for for me as a kid. I remember watching that film and watching it and watching it and watching it. But actually, without the way he approached Superman, because it was going to be silly and the producers weren't taking it seriously, Mm. uh, which is why he actually got fired towards the end of it, because he was supposed to make Superman 1 and 2. And he was his his, uh, whole thing was um, everybody in the film needs to take it seriously. Even though what we're watching, I don't know whether we'd have the superhero films we have now if he hadn't have done Superman. No, no, and and I think, I mean, it was yeah, as you say, it was one of them ones that I watched over and over and over and over again. Um, and it was back in the time when maybe I'm remembering this wrong, but it was on TV a lot. Mm. Yeah, I remember being on TV a lot. It's in Star Wars. Mm. Do you know what I mean? They were on TV a lot on, like, well, terrestrial TV, because that's all there was, but it was on TV a lot. But this is my thing when we get to the episode that we talk about superhero movies or Marvel or whatever. This is my issue with them all. And I understand why it's not the case, but I agree with Richard Donner that you need to take it seriously. So Mm -hmm. my favourite superhero films are the ones that are more realistic so what would it actually be like if this people with so logan and yeah a few others that rather than the everybody's funny they're you know yeah stuff. i don't mind i just don't like them as much yeah and i, I, I agree get that. with him it needs to be serious yeah and i think that's what superman got right i mean it gets that right although with lex luther i feel like it gets that wrong because <laughs> lex luther and Otis suddenly goes comedy yeah with all of that stuff and so there's a little bit of an imbalance there, but it's undeniable. I think 
if he hadn't have made Superman, I don't know if it would have been the success it was because it was gone. Some of the ideas that the creative other people behind it had weren't good. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it would have made the impact it did, whether we ever would have got Batman, whether we ever would have got any of the other ones if, it, if that had failed. Uh, hugely significant film. Yeah, I watched it recently, and although it lost a bit over time because it's a lot older, I'm a lot older, um, technology has moved on. Mm. Still, at its core, there's so much good about it. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, as we've talked about before, there's always something with a superhero film that I go, oh, it's just that missing. And as much as I think Lex Luthor as a character was good, I would have liked him to be more serious, to be more sinister. Yeah, I think my favourite Lex Luthor is probably in the Smallville series. Yeah, yeah. He, he, they sort of spent a lot of time developing him, didn't they? Yeah, yeah and there was a story and he was a bit darker, but charismatic and dynamic without being wet and weird. Yeah, so... Well, it's strange the influence that first Superman had because when you look at, say, Batman films, for example, you know, it never harked back to... You know, they're always trying to reinvent and, you know, do it different. Like, Nolan was never looking back at Tim Burton. No. But every Superman film looks back to the original Superman. I mean, obviously, you get Superman. Smallville, you know, does its best to make you think of the Donna Superman, even yeah, yeah. trying to bring the theme tune in a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. Um, even, you know, making the Fortress of Solitude look like that one. Um, Superman Returns, obviously, was just a big wish fulfillment that we could remake the Donna film. Yeah. Um, it's only until you got Man of Steel. But even Man of Steel, by the time you get to Justice League, to yeah. bring back the original theme again. Yeah. And we've talked about this before, that every single Superman film, because Superman is still my favourite superhero. Yeah. Because of this Richard Donner film. Yeah. Because of that scene that as a kid. But now looking as an adult, as a child watching it, Superman was the greatest film I'd ever seen. Yeah. You know what I mean? But watching it now as an adult, there's just one element or at least one element wrong with every single one of them for me. Yeah. Whereas yeah, I, I want someone to get it right with Superman like Nolan got it right with Batman. Yeah. That's what I want. Um, but as you say, the standard was set by Donna and it wasn't it hasn't been met. It hasn't no. been raised. It hasn't been, you know, is the base is there. Um, but at the time, as a as a child watching that, oh, it was it was magical. Yeah, it was so good. And that moves us sorry. I could just say, I could watch it over and over again. The theme tune, the, you know, getting oh. changed in different places, the Niagara Falls thing. Is that in one? That's two. Oh, that's two. That's Sorry. Two. Um, so gone back to one. But yeah, it was just, it was just really, really good. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And, and that brings us to Superman too, because even though Richard Lester has the director's credit for it, so much of it was shot by Richard Donner. Yeah, yeah, I think it, was, it counts. Yeah. Did you ever yeah. watch the Richard Donner cut that came out on DVD a few years ago? I did, yeah. And to me, it was a better film because, again, yeah, I it, think took so it, too. it took it seriously. Yeah, yeah. And Rich, Rich, Richard Lester's film, I think, especially because he, I think he moved on to do Superman 3 as well. Yeah. I think Superman 3 is the level of film we would have got if Donner wasn't involved. Yeah, and I think so. I think Superman 3 is the film that, Superman one would have been without Donna's insistence on, yeah, come on, this has got to be done well. Yeah. And we know what Superman three is like. Do you mean? So, so yeah, Superman two. And then, then he, he made a film called inside moves. I have absolutely no idea. I've never seen that. 
Um, it's, yeah. a, it's never come across, never even heard of it until looking at this list. It's about a handicapped after an unsuccessful suicide attempt, a man finds common ground with troubled souls at a local bar. It does sound good, though. <laughs> um, then he made a film called The Toy, um, which, again, I had never heard of, but it stars Richard Pryor as a man who is purchased as a toy for a rich, spoiled child. So Richard Pryor is a man. He's an under, he's underemployed reporter, and a rich man says, "I will p- buy you as a as a." So it's obviously maybe it's a slavery metaphor of some yeah. kind, yeah. but that sounds like a weird film. Yeah, it does. I was going to try and watch it this week, but it's not on streaming or anything like that. You could, you'd have to buy it. To, <laughs> Be interested if anybody listening has seen that. Yeah, never seen it. It sounds weird. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and then he made Lady Hawk. Which um, you've never seen, Lady Hawk, have you? No. But I, you have, though you've talked about it before. Yeah, I thought it was one of those films that could be remade today. But I, I it is a good film, and uh, I never, I hadn't clicked that it was Donna until until I. But uh, it's a, it's a worthwhile watch. It's good fun. Um, it's hard to get a hold of, I think. Um, but again, I think it's one of those films that could be remade. Um, and then he follows that up the same year with The Goonies. Oh, and that's it. That's where he peaked. <laughs> um, yeah, I was going to have the Goonies pirate ship behind me, but I couldn't find a good enough picture. Oh well, you went for a similar theme. <laughs> <laughs> I went, I went a little different. Yeah. I went a one that I thought um, maybe people would spend a bit of time trying to guess what it was. <laughs> yeah, I think the carpet's a giveaway. It is. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, the Goonies. I mean, it's just it's just one of my all-time favorite films. Um, you know, I know people have different opinions on it, particularly as we said the other week. If you watch it as an adult, never seen it as a child, it's yeah, it's just still today. I love it, just love everything about it. Still consider myself a goonie. Um, <laughs> Goonies never say never die. say die. Yeah, <laughs> you know I mean, it's um, one thing I saw about it, last time I saw that recently. It's a noisy film, isn't it? Yeah, it like, is. Yeah, they're all shouting over each other the whole day, which is like what kids sound like. <laughs> One of the things that I particularly love about the Goonies, although, you know, we've got Donna involved, is the quality of people that were involved in making it. Mm-hmm. Not just him, but you've got Spielberg influence there and, mm. you know, different things that it's just there's so many quality people in and around it. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, and it was just so good. And got to love Goonies. Got to love it. It's, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just the whole sense of adventure, the characters, the... It is, it's one of those films that, as a kid, I saw time and time yeah, and yeah. time and time again and just imagined what it must have been like to have been a Goonie and to go on that journey. Yeah, absolutely. You yeah. know, pirate ships and all of that, it's just... Yeah, great. <laughs> it was one... and, and Yeah, and, and also, I mean, I noticed... And I won't talk about it too much because I'm spoiled, but, you know, I don't know if you've seen this, but on Sky and stuff, they have these warnings now. Yeah. About, you know, there's things some films um, like kind hearts and coronets you can't actually see what the film's about because they spend so long warning you about outdated attitudes yeah so it's just an outdated attitude from what i'm been made aware of because i couldn't work it out it was the fat shaman of chunk is that it yeah i think so but one thing i will say about the goonies in terms of, on the flip side of it is that it was one for the kids that are outcasts hmm. do you know what i mean you've got the chubby kid, you've got the geek, you've got the one that always runs his mouth. 
Um, you've got the one that's got asthma and a bit nerdy. Do you know what I mean? And you've got <laughs> yeah. the cool older brother and all of this. So you've got them, and it's it was one for them. It was champion those people that uh, are not the jocks, that are not all of this, that go on this adventure and discover something that everybody wishes they were part of. Hmm. So yeah, so I think I just wanted to offer that in support of it that it, even though you can say it's got outdated attitudes and different things, that it was quite. You know, not ahead of its time, but it had positive messages in it as well. Yeah, I mean, I always felt like a goonie. <laughs> yeah, I still do. <laughs> um, he follows that up um, a few years later with uh, Lethal Weapon. Yeah. Um, which is, uh, I rewatched that this week. I mean, again, some, you know, that probably has an outdated attitude. <laughs> the other thing on, but that's, you know, is a Shane Black script and, Richard Donner directed, and I tell you what, it's it still holds up. I think that film today, and it's the template for the buddy cop movie. It might have been the first is, buddy yeah. cop movie, but yeah. every buddy cop movie I've ever seen is trying to be Lethal Weapon. Yeah, and I think um, I know that I enjoyed it. Do you know what I mean? I know that I like, but I haven't watched it for a long time. But I know that I watched. It was one of the ones that I watched again a lot of times. Which when we were when I was younger, I get these, and I probably shouldn't say this, but you may add. Uh, the ability to pirate <laughs> videos. It was one of the ones that it got and you watch it over and over again and it was just good. And and as you say, you can see so many replications of it in the buddy cop movies, even mm. from the having, you know, one white guy, one black guy, the mouthy one and the, the more serious, cautious one. Do you know what I mean? And even if it's, if it's you know, any buddy cop movie, there's usually some similarities to it so there is but uh, mel gibson's character i mean i know they've tried the diversions of it forever, but his character in that is genuinely traumatized and suicidal yeah you know and the player fell out but like he's he's not just being wacky he's actually a guy who's having a breakdown yeah um Riggs, isn't it? sorry is his name Riggs? Riggs, yes, that's right, yeah. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I, I, the version I'd always had of that, you know, when I was growing up as a kid, was the one we taped off ITV. And yeah. so I was quite surprised by the language because I'd never heard any of it before because oh, ITV would cut all that out. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I mean, that was probably my experience as well. I just <laughs> All I remember, so it's a long time since I watched it. I know I enjoyed it. I know he was called Riggs. I know he had something wrong with his shoulder. Oh, that comes up in another one, I think. Yeah, which one's that? That's, I think, episode two. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So I remember that of the whole. But it's like one of them, a bit like a lot of these films, like even Superman to a degree, where they blend into one, particularly yeah. one and two, because I've watched them. Lethal Weapon 1 and 2 blend into one. There's others that, that do that for me yeah. as well. But I'm like not quite sure because it's all one story. Yeah. Um, and then he follows that up with uh, another classic, Scrooged. Yeah, I mean, this might be one of my controversial opinions. I don't really don't, get. You don't like Scrooged. I don't not like it. I just don't fully get it. I love Bill Murray, so oh. I kind of like that. But the story's just a bit weird, isn't it? <laughs> I love Scrooge. I think it's the best Scrooge movie. Well, I'd say I prefer every other one to it. <laughs> but I love it. Love it. But I want to like it. And I don't hate it. I just always in my head think I like it more than I end up liking it when I watch it. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I yeah, uh, yeah. That was when I was growing up. That was the one I'd watch every Christmas. Um, it was always you know. So yeah, 
So it was Love Scrooge, and um, then he makes Lethal Weapon Two. Yeah. Um. Again, I haven't seen that in a long time, so I couldn't really compare it to Lethal Weapon One. He then makes Radio Flyer, which I think, even now looking at, looks so boring. I have no intention of watching it. Radio Flyer is a father recounts a dark period of his childhood when he and his little... Actually, no, I thought it was the one about somebody trying to get swans or gooses back to where... Gooses? Gooses, geese. geese. <laughs> Something like that, where a kid learns to fly a little... Oh, I, don't, I don't know why. Isn't that Fly Away Home? Is it? Is it? Um, that's so. a completely different film that I've completely misunderstood what it was. I don't know what Radio Flyer is. I don't think I've ever seen it. I saw it when I looked at the filmography, but I knew I hadn't seen it, so I didn't. <laughs> and then he follows that up with Leaf Weapon 3, um, which has a, a place in my heart because it was it was a 15. It was the first 15 film I went to see at the cinema as, as a 15-year-old. Oh. I went to see it on my 15th birthday. Wow. Um, I don't remember much more about it other than um, there's a bit where he eats dog biscuits and pretends to be a dog. Yeah. I think my recollection of Lethal Weapon 3 is like a lot of the ones where they go to the third film. Yeah. Yeah, it's one too many. Yeah. yeah. But I can't say that definitively because I haven't watched it for a long time. I don't think I'd seen the other two when I saw it. <laughs> you know, I think you just it went was... 15, I'm in, I'm in. 15, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> He's my national insurance card or whatever it was back then. <laughs> national record of achievement. I went with my mum and dad for my 15th birthday. Oh, did you? What do you want yeah. to see? So, Lethal Weapon 3, did you like the first two? Don't know, I haven't seen them. <laughs> um, so I don't think I had a clue what was going on, but uh, it was, yeah, it was a treat. And so I have a... I don't think I've seen it in a very long time. It's probably not as good as I remember, but it's got that little place. In, in, yeah, in yeah, of course, yeah. Um, then two years after that, uh, we get Maverick. I enjoyed Maverick, but again, can't remember what it was about. I know it was a, a Western and it was Mel Gibson again. Yeah, it's uh, Mel Gibson, is a, he's trying to make it to a poker tournament um, to prove he's the best poker player in the West. And uh, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's, There's a scene with him, isn't he, in the bath? That's near the end. Yeah, that's the that's the end. Not that I just remember the scene, in the, but I just remember him being in a bath and there being an issue while he's there. Someone yeah. comes and holds a gun to his head or something. That is is a film where it doesn't seem to know how to end. It's just every scene somebody else arrives with a gun yeah. and, and steals the money, and somebody else arrives with a gun and steals the money. And yeah, it's it's a little bit muddy towards the end, but it actually is a really fun film. Actually, while I'm on a western kick, I might do it again. Yeah. yeah. Um, I remember really enjoying Maverick. Um. But uh, it's been a while. It's been a while. And uh, then Assassins, which I don't think I've ever seen. I think we're getting his filmography gets less impressive at this point. I think it's yeah. uh, Antonio Banderas and Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, I remember watching it and thinking it was all right. Yeah, I don't know if I would feel think it was all right now as I've shared and I mentioned for at least five minutes that I watch films differently now than I used to, but. I don't know, I've got a loyalty towards Sylvester Stallone, so I might have just been a bit of <laughs> so far. I remember um, thinking it was all right. Yeah, I'd, I've never never seen it. I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, I, I think I vaguely remember when it came out, but um, no, nothing. Then he follows that up with Conspiracy Theory. Yeah. Which I did see, and I remember nothing about. Yeah, same I remember here. it being weird. There'd been a really weird scene in it, but I don't remember much about it. I remember that I've seen it, but again... Don't remember much about it at all. No. Uh, Lethal Weapon 4 after that. 
which yeah, I, think I think just continues be, the decline at that point. Yeah, I think it might have been for me fast and furious thing that should have stopped making. I think though, I think this was probably looking at the filmography that an attempt to get back to the success of Lethal Weapon and you know, yeah. just like go back to what you're familiar with. Looking for that bump again. And I, I yeah. think probably for all of them in terms of their careers at that point, maybe, yeah, they wanted that bump. Yeah. Uh, he then follows that up with Timeline. I remember liking Timeline more than everybody else did. Yeah, it bombed, didn't it? Um, yeah. I, I remember, I've read the book, I think, because uh, it was Michael Crichton. And yeah. I'd read Jurassic Park and thought, I love Jurassic Park. Um, this has clearly got to be good. But I think it's just one of those films that, essentially doesn't seem to exist anymore. No, I think I've got it on DVD, but I think I remember enjoying it more than everyone else did. Yeah, um, I think it was one of those ones where the idea was great. You know, archaeologists trapped in the past, brilliant, yeah. 14th century France, castles, all of that. Love yeah. it. But I don't remember anything about the plot. You've just explained it. Well, I mean, like, you know, <laughs> the actual events of what was going yeah, on yeah. in this. No, don't remember any of it. Um, I don't even remember if I liked it. Yeah, I think it was one that we watched. It might have been like a night of Blockbuster or something, you choose something, and we watched as a group, and everyone was hammering it. And I was thinking, I thought it was all right. <laughs> yeah, it's probably one of those films that it's easy to have. I remember, I remember coming out. I don't think I saw it at the cinema, but I think I saw it on like, uh, you know, when it came on the sky or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember being really, you know, intrigued by the idea. I enjoyed the book. I can't remember what the film was like. <laughs> Um, and then his last film, as far as I can tell, was 16 Blocks, um, which I watched this week because I'd never yeah, seen yeah, it. Yeah. Um, that is Bruce Willis as a yeah. drunk cop who's, you know, alcoholic, who always gets given the, the rubbish jobs because nobody trusts him, um, is asked to get Moss Def, who's a witness. Uh, he's a prisoner, but he's a witness, to court, which is 16 blocks away, uh, yeah. to testify yeah. And it turns out he's testifying against some cops. And so there's a whole bunch of corrupt cops after him. But, of course, they make it believe that Bruce Willis is the one who's bad. Yeah. So the entire police department's after them. And uh, it was it was all right. Yeah, I think I remember... Well, I, d I not think I remember. I remember thinking that the concept was better than the execution. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. It's It, it all felt pretty generic. Yeah. But I remember thinking, that's a good idea. Um, do you know what I mean? It's, well, not a good idea. That idea could be done really well. I remember mm -hmm. thinking that. And I don't think it was horrendous. I just thought, mm. Bruce Willis did a very good drunk at the beginning of it. So much so, I was thinking, did he turn up to set drunk? <laughs> he really looks out of it. I mean, he looks bad. He's got a moustache. He looks like he looks like in Death Becomes Her, but like, <laughs> even worse. And... Uh, yeah, Bruce Willis, I thought was pretty. It looks like he's not phoning it in. I mean, when he's when he's when he's looking drunk at the start, you really believe he's out of it. But I actually, well, not this may not be that, but I think Bruce Willis is a really good actor. He is. I think he's become an actor who doesn't enjoy. He certainly doesn't enjoy the process of interviews, and I think he's taken a lot of roles just for the money. Yeah, I think so. I think there's a few of them like that because some of his latest films have just been dreadful. Yeah, I think it's kind of like he stopped caring. Yeah, but I think maybe I don't know what it is, but I think it might be limited in his thing. But I think 
he's good. You know, he was he's been good in a variety of different roles. You know, whether it's action, whether it's the sci-fi stuff. I think I've always, well, not always. There's a period of time, maybe the sweet spot in his career, where I think his acting was really underrated. I think the, the films got more recognition than performances because it was Bruce Willis. Mm. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, but I think summing up Richard Don- Donner's career for me that there's earlier on. There's some absolute classics. Yeah. And then a lot of his films, for me, are forgettable. But that doesn't mean they're not good. I'll just have to go back and watch them again. Yeah, I think so. I think you often find with people who, you know, have such a long career is that towards the end, they do tend to peter out a little bit. What I, what I find interesting about is you look at those films, you don't look at a film and like like a Spielberg film, go, that's a Spielberg film. No, no. I don't think he has that sort of, that's a Richard Donner film. What I think we have is someone who knows how to serve a story. Yeah. The story is given, he knows how to tell it. And, uh, you know, you need directors like that. Yeah, so my top three would be The Goonies, Superman and Lethal Weapon. Yeah. And there's quite a range there in terms of approach, in terms of story, in terms... They're not, as you say, just typical. As you get with some directors that you know it's them and not even just like Spielberg in the way it's shot, just, yeah, you know, different different directors that you just tend to just do the same thing or take the same films or just play it safe. Whereas him, I don't think you can say that, even if you look at Doors three films. Yeah. Yeah. He, he doesn't overshadow the films. He's not like bigger than the film. Uh, no. He serves the film he's doing. And, and the, 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 you know, they're all very different, very different. But, um, except for the lethal weapon films, which are all the same. <laughs> so for me, I will ever be thankful to him um, for his work, particularly for the Goonies and and also for Superman, because they yeah. were, you know, um, helped. They, they, they were formational in my in my childhood. I don't want to put too you know to hammer up too much, but they were just a great escapism that gave me a hero to believe in in Superman, and then also mm. a recognition that heroes come in many shapes and sizes in the Goonies. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And the same for me. Love those three. Um, although I've got to give a shout out to Lady Hawk, uh, to Maverick, and to Scrooge as well. Yeah, yeah. So all good films, all incredibly successful. Um, yeah. So great. Yes. So he'll be missed, but uh, he has a, a good legacy that's been left there. Yeah, absolutely. And get in touch and let us know your favourite um, Richard Donner film or. Um, if any of the ones that we've mentioned, which Luke and I haven't seen and you have and you would recommend them, let us know. Yeah. If anyone has seen the toy, let me know if it's any good because it sounds bonkers. <laughs> um, so I'd quite like to try that, but I only want to try if it's any good. Um, and as always, you can get in touch with us on Twitter, um, at JTA Films, um, or on Facebook, just search for JTA Films, or same on YouTube. Yeah. Um, and get in touch with us there, watch what we're doing. Hopefully, we've got a guest with us for next week. Um, and if you want to come on the show and talk about films, talk about if you've got an idea of stuff you want to talk about, your favourite director or you know, films that help your mood or anything like that, your top five Arnold Schwarzenegger films, then let us know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, on YouTube as well, if you hit like, or you can hit subscribe so you get all the updates and recommend it to people, you know, send them a link. And uh, if you know someone who likes talking about films as well, just 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 bung my link over and uh, 
helps. Yeah, because we just want to talk about films. So if you've got some discussions about films that you want to initiate, just just tag us in that and we'll we'll get involved in that conversation. So if anything we've said um, from any of the films that we've seen or films that we haven't seen, any discussion, just get in touch and, yeah, share it with your friends. Tell your friends how good this is. Yes. Oh, and as well, if you have seen The Tomorrow War and you have a strong opinion, I'd love to hear. Because, again, I don't understand where the negativity comes from. Help me if you if you didn't like it. Yeah, I mean, I don't. My friend Paul um, put on uh, Twitter or Facebook the, the whole Chris Pratt thing that he thought th- there wasn't enough comedy for him to get into. But I liked that. I found it refreshing. I didn't want jokes all the way through it. No, no, I didn't either. I thought he did. I thought he did well, you know. Yeah, so if you've got a strong opinion on that, let us know. Thanks very much for if you've been watching or listening. Um, we really appreciate it. Yes, and we shall see you next week. And uh, see you then. have a great week watching films until then.